reading from John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. This is the theme verse from VBS. It says this, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just pray that today, as we reflect on this word, I ask Jesus right now, we all come here with different things on our minds, different circumstances happening in our lives. Perhaps things that we are gonna be going to immediately after this. Or perhaps even today there brings about, as Steve prayed, pain and hurt, hard memories, or loss. Heavenly Father, I pray, as we listen to this, as we read from your word, that we would hear you crying out, come to me all who are thirsty. Pray, Lord, that this would be a time of your people. This would be a time of, of thirsty people drinking of your good news, of your gospel. We give this time to you and we love you. We pray this together in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning as I was thinking about this passage, this week, and I was thinking about this question. The question is this. What are you drinking? This past couple weeks ago, my family got the incredible opportunity to go on a really special vacation. We got to go to Mexico and we got to go to this all-inclusive resort. Never done this before. And one of our favorite things about the place is you get waiters to come up to you and they ask you what you want and you can tell them whatever you want. So nine in the morning they come to you and they ask Tristan, what would you like? And he says, well, a chocolate shake, right? I think Tristan must have had like 100 chocolate shakes that week. We found ourselves just wanting to order everything and try everything, and, and, and then we found ourselves oftentimes, at least I did, with my stomach a little upside down from all the sugar and all the intake and all the consumption that was happening. And this, 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 it caused me just to think about this question about what are we drinking? Now in this, as I ask this question, I'm not so much asking you about how many chocolate shakes you've had or Dr. Peppers or Shirley Temples or water. I'm talking about where do you drink significance? What, what gives you satisfaction in life? What are you thirsty for? What are you hungry and thirsty for in life? What, 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 what do you get up out of bed? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What's that longing in you? What are you drinking? In the passage that we're looking at, Jesus is speaking into this angst and this longing that all of us have. And in particular, 
In this text, he's asking this question and inviting you to come and drink of something that he would say brings everlasting satisfaction and significance. And so as you ask this question about what you are drinking, my prayer is that today you hear an invitation from Jesus. And the invitation is this, come and drink. Come and drink. In this passage here in John chapter seven, verse 37, Jesus says this, it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day. Now pause right there. You're probably wondering what day is this? This was called the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. And what, what's happening in the Israelite people is they would have this yearly feast where they would get together and it was a week-long feast where they would remember their time in the wilderness. They would remember their journey out of the book, in the book of Exodus from captivity and oppression to freedom and this wandering in the wilderness and the way that they would remember is they would spend a week the families would build they would call them booths we would call them tents and they would live in a tent outside their home for a week and go through this process of of remembering their story I mean you probably think that sounds like a lot of fun have you ever like camped out in your backyard? We, we try this every year. I never end up staying in the tent. I always end up in my bed. Maybe I'm just not a camper. My family, we go beach camping all the time. Thinking about, there's, there's something in the people of God that is remembering that is willingly stepping in to this remembering this hard times because, because they were told that, that you must be careful because once you get to the promise then you can find yourself to be comfortable. You can find yourself maybe to get a little fat and a little lazy. And maybe to forget about how you got to this place. And so the people of Israel, they would have this remembering time and this festival that the Lord gave them to help them to remember what they're thirsty for. To remember who their provider is. And what they would do as a part of this feast is there was this lake, this, this water source that they would have every day they would go and the priest would lead this procession and they would get this water and they would go down this procession and they would recite the Psalms of Ascent and they would make their way into the, into the temple and they would pour out this water onto the altar. And it was this symbolism for them. One, it was at that time of the year, it was a really dry time and it was a way of them asking the Lord to provide rain. But it was also a time for them to remember his provision for the people when God in the wilderness, they were wandering in the desert and it said that the Lord used Moses to strike a rock and water would come out of the rock and the Lord provided for the people water from the, from the rock and, and bread from heaven and it was this reminder every day to them of God's provision and how he fed them and gave them this sustenance of water. And what's so fascinating in this verse is Jesus is, it says on the great day, this is probably the last day of the feast. 
The people have been doing this all week. They've been remembering. They've been living in tents. If they're anything like me, they're probably a little irritated, probably ready for the comfort of their home. And it says this. It says, look at how Jesus speaks here. It says that he stood up and he cried out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You see, Jesus is doing something here that sometimes we miss. He's telling them that in this longing, because you see, not only were they remembering, they were also under Roman captivity. Not only was a part of this remembering a looking forward to a Savior who would come. Jesus is telling them, and he's telling you and me, that he is the one who brings the satisfaction for our thirst and our hunger. He's telling you and he's telling me that he is the promised one that all of the Bible is about. And at this point, at this moment in history, he's declaring this I am statement. And it's a statement of invitation. What are you drinking? And it's not just of invitation. It's also this invitation of influence. It's this, it's this invitation for influence. Meaning rivers of water. Look at what he says in the next passage. He says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus is telling you and he's telling me and he's telling the audience at this time that from him, rivers of living water will be provided. This idea of a living water. I love this understanding, living water. It's like this never-ending supply of water that you can't run out of. I, I think of like some of my favorite apocalyptic movies where water, like Mad Max, and like water is like the resource. It's like the currency. Or another one of my favorites, Dune, and they, they're wearing these suits that, that recycle all the water. Or, or you think of all these stories where people, where water is this currency, and you're kind of guarding it, and you're kind of protecting it, and you're not really wanting to share it. And Jesus here is, he's talking to them, he says, you're going to get this water, and it's this abundant water that is given to you and flows through you. It's not meant to be something that you just hold on to and keep in. As a matter of fact, it's meant to be a blessing. We talk about this all the time here at Cornerstone. We're not meant to be a people that just hoard up all the water like a bunch of reservoirs and keep it all for ourselves. No, the water of Jesus flows through us and out into the world. We are a blessed people who bless others. We are to be a blessing. This is a continuation of his promise to Abraham. It's a part of the story that we're in. It's what we've been talking about with the kids all week when we talk about making waves and we say what you do today can change the world around you and we believe that by Jesus and his power, he can do this in us. And so we find our satisfaction in him and we are invited to come and to drink, and we are invited and, and told by Jesus that when we do this, we'll have influence. We'll, we'll change the world around us. I was thinking about this just last, yesterday, we did a memorial service for a saint in our church, Elsie Fry. 
She lived a faithful life day after day after day. Loved people. Nobody was a stranger. Loved to farm. Loved to, to loved VBS. Loved ice cream socials with the family. And I was so just impacted by just learning of just the way that she day after day just let the, the blessing of God flow out of her into the people around her. Just so many stories, story after story of people who were just deeply impacted by her laughter. A picture of her, and in the picture you see your eyes looking up and you could just tell that she had this relationship with the Father that impacted her and brought her this joy. And so we see this in the promise from Jesus. This, it's, this, it's this invitation to you and to me to come and drink, and we're told that when we come and drink, there's gonna be this influence that happens in us. Now, it can be easy to read this and to think, okay, so I need to start doing all sorts of things because if I believe in Jesus, I need to go and I need to make waves, right? It's all about me and what I can do and what I can earn and how, and, 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 and then all of a sudden, maybe you're like me and you start doing that and it's kind of exhausting and it's kind of tiring and, and you find yourself kind of burnt out. You find yourself thinking like, I'm supposed to be having this hunger and this thirst, but I'm really just tired. And what I love about this text is Jesus also makes it very clear that there's a source outside of you, outside of me, that is the source of living water. Hear this. You are not the source. You are the channel. You are the catalyst that the water flows through. And so when we have these open hearts and we're drinking of, of, uh, in our faith in God, he does something in us. And so we see here this invitation, this influence, but also we see this infiltration, I would say. And that's the spirit. It's this infiltration that is the spirit. There's this filter in us that Jesus makes it very clear. He says in verse 39, he says this. He says, to make it clear, he says, actually this is John commenting on Jesus' words. He says, now this he said about the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were, were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we know the rest of the story. We know that Jesus would go on, he would die on the cross for our sins, he would live a perfect life, he would invite us, all who believe in him, to follow him, he would resurrect and reign and rule, and then he promised us the Spirit. And he promised us that when he would go back up to the Father, he would leave the Spirit, and all who believe in him are filled and empowered by the Spirit, and by the Spirit, we are, are learning from Christ, and we are learning about what it means to follow, and he's using these gifts, and he's growing these fruits in us, and using us to make waves. And sometimes we read this, and we see the Spirit, and maybe we get a little uncomfortable. We're like, that's the part of God that like I'm not really sure about I think we just miss this. this this is a part of our confession 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all one God, three persons. And as we think about this and we, and we wonder, what are you thirsty for? What are you drinking in life? It seems to me there's this question that we have together. I loved in VBS, we spent all week, and I was sitting right here doing the Bible story with the kids, and we're constantly talking about you know, how we make waves, you know, being kind and obeying your parents and loving your friends. And I loved on the last day, the point was God helps you. The point was, little one, you need God's help. We would say we need to be empowered. Everyone is empowered by the Spirit who has put their faith in him. See, it's not you doing something, it's the Spirit. And so as we ask this question, what are you drinking? I don't know where you're coming from today, but there's a good chance that maybe you've allowed yourself to get distracted at the end, by the invitation. And perhaps when we think about our faith, we forget that we're not called into a religion. We're called into a relationship with the Almighty God through Jesus Christ. We're invited to a person. And as you think about how, how do I drink? How, how, I get it, Logan. I want to be one who comes and drinks. I love in this invitation, first Jesus says to come, but it's not just to come and observe. It's not just to come and like, like try to get things figured out and start getting your life in order, and then once you do that, then you can drink. Jesus just says, no, you come with all your mess, with all your struggles, with all your, your, your hurts and your habits and your hangups, and you give them to me, and I do something in you by my spirit. I cleanse you, I empower you, I work in you. And one of the challenges is our, in our day and age our day and age is that we make this about consumption instead of communion. There's a difference. We make this about consumption instead of communion. And I think that as we think about this, Jesus is inviting us into communion. He's inviting us into this union with him where there's this relationship. And it's not this transactional love where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna get my fix. I'm gonna have all the feels. Hopefully Pastor Logan says enough to get me through the week so I can get another one next week. And if he's not, I'm gonna go to another church and I'm gonna find somebody else who can do that. Hopefully the songs are just right. Hopefully, and it's all about consuming, and it's all about this consumeristic Western way of thinking that like it's just about what I can put inside me as opposed to communion with the Almighty God through the gospel of Jesus Christ day in and day out. Worship should be a time of celebration of what God has been doing in and through us. And so we want to be a people who are about communion more than consumption. Now, hear this. We still need to consume. We, Jesus is still inviting you and me to drink. He's, he's inviting us into that, but it's, it's in a communion. It's with Christ and with the gathered church together. So as you think about this, I would encourage you, maybe ask this question. Am I, am I drinking from a place of communion? Or is, has my 
practice been more about consumption? Second, as you think about this idea of drinking, are you drinking more from a place of commitment or compulsion? Commitment or compulsion? And here Jesus is inviting his followers to make a commitment. I'm reminded as a youth pastor, we would take kids every year to summer camp and mission trips and always on summer camp and mission trips or weeks like VBS, we have these what we would call mountaintop experiences. And they're wonderful. God does a mighty work in them. But one of my struggles as a youth pastor was we would go up there and we'd have all these emotions and, and we'd cry together and we'd pray together and, and there'd be all this incredible, powerful work and then we'd come home and then all of a sudden like life hits and all of a sudden like I'm not feeling it anymore. And even though I had this like emotional experience, like, like I'm not committed enough, and so all of a sudden I just find myself falling back into these old routines and these old struggles. And we must be a people that's about commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Discipline, consistency. Because the truth is, when Jesus is calling us to come and drink, he's not calling you to come and drink like a cup of coffee that'll get you through the day with that little caffeine kick. He's not calling you to come and drink like some alcohol that will help you numb the pain. He's calling you to drink water. That is the source, the best source for you. And this sometimes it's something we do when we don't feel it. And I think that's a good word for you and definitely a good word for me is there's sometimes this call to this rhythm of just continuing to say, I am committed to this. I believe this to be true. And when Jesus is saying, come and drink, he's not talking about your prosperity. He's not talking that, that if I just come and I drink and I believe in him, all of a sudden, all of my life will be perfect. He's talking about your salvation. He's talking about sinners in need of grace who have sinned against the almighty God who have now been given a way of eternal life. And an eternal life that starts even right now on earth as it is in heaven. And so I would encourage you as you think about this, I got my points mixed up, it's commitment versus convenience. And then finally I would just say confession versus compulsion. It can be easy sometimes in our faith to miss the fact that we need a savior. I was asking myself this question, Logan, what are you thirsty for? Are you thirsty for like a guru who can help you do good in life? Are you thirsty for like someone who can make you feel good? Or is there something about our confession, our faith that says, I need a savior? Like something about our confession that says like, I, 
I, I, I don't know what I do for what I hate I do, but, but, what, I, but I, what I want to do I do not do. But thanks be to God that I have Jesus who has saved me from myself. There's something about confession that just says like we believe. We believe these truths to be, to be so important it's, it's, and, and, and that we eat them and we drink them. So this confession, it, it's, it's a repentance. It's a daily as I wake up. It's a daily as I go to sleep. It's a, it says as the Spirit of God does something in me, I realize I need you, Jesus. I need you every day. And so when Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, or when he tells the woman at the well, he says, he says you've been thirsty. I have the living water for you. You'll have water that will spring up within you. He's not talking about a one-time fix. He's talking about this posture of dependence and confession and just saying, Lord, I need you. And I would encourage you on this Father's Day, let's be a people that are constantly confessing our need for a Savior. I was thinking about just this little knife and it says, Jesus changes my dad. Thinking about my kids. You know, I love for my kids to have this belief that like, I'm the, I'm the big hero. That like, I never mess up. That like, I can hit home runs and throw curveballs. And... But you know, I think it's way more important. I think for my kids to know that my dad has a savior. And sometimes my dad loses his temper and he yells at me. Sometimes he acts in ways that make me afraid. Sometimes he hurts me at my feelings. Sometimes he does things, but you know what? I've seen the Lord working in him and I've seen him confessing. I've seen that Jesus is changing my dad. And I pray for all these kids up here that they would see that in us. That they wouldn't see us as these big superheroes. They would see us as the, as, as the ones who have the living water flowing through us and who just believe that Jesus changes everything, right? So my prayer for you on this Father's Day is that you would be eating and drinking this water. The water is a person that maybe even right now as we sing a song in a little bit, that this would just be a time for you to sing to Jesus, to sing to your Father. That this week as you, as you commune, as you think about how can I drink, as you read your Bible, as you pray, as you discuss this thing, these things, that you would commune with the Almighty God in Christ. As you would say, I'm committed. Even though I don't feel it, I'm going to keep going. And that you would continue to have this posture of confession and repentance and dependence upon a Savior. And I believe, church, as we do this, we're going to make waves. There's going to be an influence that's going to happen because that's what Jesus does. 
and he's going to work and he's going to move. And I, I was just thinking about all these kids and all these families. Man, if we can continue to be a people that come and drink. And we drink of the water, of living water, of Jesus Christ himself. Imagine what he is going and will do through us. So I just invite you, whatever that looks like, step into that. Leave today thinking, what is one way that I can drink? What is one way as I read this and Jesus is saying, it says that he cries out, come to drink, hear his voice calling to you and inviting you into communion with him as you are. We're gonna sing a song called All My Fountains. It's a song that just basically says, this dry and this weary land, I've been walking and I'm tired, and then it just kind of breaks out in song and says, all my fountains are found in you. I encourage you, let's be a church that doesn't just sing that, but believes that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder from our children and from VBS and just from this week that these incredible truths from your word, Jesus, where you are crying out to a dry and thirsty land. And right now in this moment, you are crying out to souls that are hungry and thirsty for you. And I believe, Lord, with all my heart that you are the fountain of living water and you can pour out your spirit on this place. And Lord, you have comfort for the weary heart. You have forgiveness for the sinner. You provide encouragement for the downtrodden. You provide life and joy to the believer. Lord, I pray as we confess that you are living water. I pray, God, that your water would truly give us life. I pray, Lord, as we sing to you that this would just be a wonderful time of the gathered church, brothers and sisters in Christ, singing to a Savior and believing that you change everything. In your name we pray.